If you're ready for freedom from the grind, then passive income from real estate investing is the best way to get you there. If you don't know where to start or what to do next, then the Rent Roll Radio Show is the best place to get you there. Join us while we discuss the best practices, strategies, and mindset you'll need and give you actionable content to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, as always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we are joined by a really special guest that I was super excited to have the opportunity to meet in person at a conference a few months ago. We have Lekka, I'm going to butcher your last name, Defta. Did I do that right, Lekka? It's Lekka Devta. Lekka Devta. She is an investor out of Seattle. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. Okay, thank you so much, Sterling. Nice to be here. Can you tell our listeners that don't know you already a little bit about yourself and where you came from and how you got into real estate investing and what you're doing these days? Yes. So I live in Seattle, Washington, moved here about 16 years ago, and I've been investing in this market for almost 10 years now. I have done everything from started off doing single family flips, but now I just buy large distressed property uh, and then stabilize those either for long-term cash flow and appreciation or for immediate gain by flipping them. Um, additionally, I also host a meetup. I am a contributor to the Bigger Pockets um, YouTube channel. And um, yeah, I do yeah. like most of other things. Host- Aren't you the host of the Bigger Pockets conference this year? Yes, I am. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Congratulations. That's great. So, how did you get started into real estate? Um, yeah, you know, it's a funny story. I heard about real estate through a radio ad um on the on my right to work one day. But I just started to once I heard about investing in real estate. I just started to dive deep and, you know, dig in and learn as much as possible and start educating myself. When I first started, there were no podcasts like this one. Even the Bigger Pockets podcast was not around. And so it was like, okay, how do I go about learning this? So I joined a, a program by Fortune Builders and they are real estate educators. And that gave me a really good understanding for the different asset classes and the types of investing. So if you are new to investing, don't be afraid to go join a mastermind or join an education program because nothing's going to give you that foundation, like just good education material. And that's what that course did for me. Yeah. So, uh, so many people like knock the courses and, and, and if you, if you have Instagram these days, you could probably see that the world's gotten carried away with them. Everybody I know has a course, but after interviewing 200 really successful investors, uh, almost every single one of them swears by paid coaching, paid courses, paid masterminds. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like, I, I, I pay to be a member of GoBundance. I pay to be a member of a couple other multifamily groups. I've, you know, I pay high ticket prices for the conferences. I'm a big believer in, in paying for the education and to get into the right rooms. So what were you doing before you said you, you said you, you heard a radio ad on your way to work. What was your, what was your occupation when you heard the radio ad? I was in fashion brand merchandising for Nordstrom corporate. So I was merchandising strategy, very different from real estate. Uh, but I think the one common element is that I was diving deep into the numbers of how different departments within Nordstrom performed. And so, you know, I just 
loved doing that that aspect. I like the math of it. And real estate is really, it all comes down to the science um, or the math of it. So that yeah. was like a common thread. So you mentioned you started flipping houses and now you buy larger properties that mm-hmm. and, and stabilize them either. Um, are you are you syndicating apartment complexes? Is that what you mean by buying larger? Um, I have done a couple of different syndications and um, my most recent syndication, like we bought a 12 unit apartment building, went from like the rents that when we first bought it was 8,500. Within a year, we performed all of our CapEx and we're now at 18,500 for rent for the same building. So that was my one and only like true syndication where I am the operator and the general partner. But in all honesty, I don't like it. I don't like syndication. I don't like working with lots of different investors that, you know, don't really have much say in the deal. Like I like working with one or two investors that get full exposure to what I'm doing. Um, so I I liked the process of it. I like giving back to my investors something that they can achieve passively. But for the most part, I just feel like the returns that I typically get out of a single family flip or doing a project on my own, which is 95% of my other deals, I don't get through a syndication. And it's much longer term hold. You have less flexibility uh, on how you exit it. So there's a lot of different things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've felt all those all those pain points from every which direction as well. Right. Um and 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 you know, to your point, managing investors is it's it's not always fun. It's you not, know, yeah. A, a lot of you know, a lot. I mean, a lot of the investors are great, and we love you know we love bringing in our friends and family, and then you know that help them passively. But but it can go sideways, you know. Like people get pissed off when their K ones don't get in on time. People get you know, and I they they had a life change and they want an early exit. And I'm like, well, that's we told you it was going to be a five year hold, like you know. Yeah. So there's there's you know, or 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 to your point, people wanting to get involved when they they shouldn't be getting involved, like you right, know, right. Um, so there's, 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 I mean, we do both. Like I don't, I don't raise capital. I don't syndicate like my flips and my rental properties and all that stuff. But we're, you know, if we're doing a, a hundred unit, we're going to, you know, you gotta, you gotta raise capital or maybe you don't, I do. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Yeah. And, no, we all do. Yeah. Like, you know, it's um, the beauty of real estate is that you don't have to use your own capital. And so you don't have to be, held back because of that one factor lots of people willing to partner with you that have more money less time um or experience so that's the beauty do do you mind sharing what these partnership structures look like um if you're like like, what does that look like yeah so i have multiple different partnership structures one is just debt so i have an open fund and we offer a nine percent return um um analyzed yearly so i mean yearly and so um that's just super passive if someone has money they want a straight up interest rate here's a good way for them to get that um it is backed by the company itself which has multiple assets and so they're not you know it's it's a pretty safe fund um another way to structure these deals is by an equity partnership or a JV agreement. Um, and in that case, basically, say my deal price point is like a million dollars. 
then I would um, get someone to come in and put in the bridge debt. So say I'm, I'm raising 200K for this deal. Someone comes in and puts in the whole 200K. They get 15% of the equity once we sell the property. So of the profit. Um, and that's another great way to structure it. And the third way is same debt, but on a specific deal. So like if I have a deal, then, you know, they come in, they put the 200K, but they don't get any equity in the property when the property sells. Instead, a safer way for them to get back money is a 10% or 9% straight up interest rate. So it just depends on the partnership, the partner's level of confidence or the partner's level, like tolerance to risk. Um, so yeah, a few different different ways. Yeah, we, we do the same thing and we, we offer the same. And and it's so funny because, you know, with the with the debt partners, every once in a while they'll they'll like, well, well, I want some of the upside. And I'm like, okay, you can be an equity partner, but just just make I want to make sure you understand that like you just got your X percent and and I just lost money on the last three deals. So if you're an equity partner, <laughs> you came out ahead as a debt partner, you know, especially in this in this environment, right? And I also do that typically. Like, so right now I'm in the middle of doing our Dadu project. So I'm building a Dadu in the back of an existing uh, house. So the Could house. You elaborate is- on what that is because our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd never heard of that before. I heard you talk about it at the conference. But I want to. Yeah. So, so it's so sad that um, you can't do this in NOLA. Right. Because your state law doesn't allow it or the city law. Um, So the Seattle City Council said that we don't have enough housing units and that we need to increase density for housing. So what we what they decided to do was if there's a house on a lot before it was 5000 square feet, now it's even 3200 square feet. But if there's a house then and there's space in the back of the house, then you can actually put in a huge um, thousand square foot detached accessory dwelling unit and so you can essentially build another house then this is the amazing part you can condomize it which means you can split the house and the law and the dadu and sell them off separately yeah i wish we could do that (laughs) right so when you do that like so say um so my current deal numbers right i'm buying the house for 560k I am building the dadu in the back for 400 and then remodeling the existing house for about 70 or 80K. And then I get to sell each of those parcels for 730 to 750K. Wow. Yeah. So it's a good like six figure profit. That's crazy. It's so you, you, you said it when you were in New Orleans and, and now I'm noticing it here. It's so weird how the different areas have such price discrepancies you know like right. like that you know the houses we buy range from 25,000 to, to 250,000 and all of right. the houses you're flipping you're buying them for a million dollars that's that's crazy down here right? yeah exactly does is one thing that makes me nervous about that that whole process and and I know there's a lot of people that make a lot of money doing it so I'm not balking at the process but it just was always made me nervous is People that flip homes in California and Seattle and these like real high end areas, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll hear like the profit is a lot. Like they'll buy a house for a million, they'll put two hundred thousand into it, 
they'll sell it for 1.5. I'm like, well, cool. You made 300 grand, you know, like that's a big, big hit. But when I, and I just, I don't know what those numbers come out to, but when I look at it from a percentage point, like, and if you're, you know, or a lot of people out here, like they're all into a property for 900 K and they sell it for a million and they made a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. But if, right. I mean, if you had like a 10%, like if you went 5% over on rehab and you, you had to sell it for 5% less because of the market pullback, you, you lost it. You know what I mean? Like that, right. it's just, so in those higher end markets, do you find, I mean, do you, do you do it based off a percentage? Do you do it based off of like your target profit? Like how do you evaluate deals for like, how do you evaluate deals with, with such high dollar? Like, cause you, you don't have multiple exit strategies. There's no way, right. Like that a million dollar house is going to cash flow. You can't keep it as a rental. So like, how do you, how do you risk assess these flips? Yeah. So the first thing is you, there are multiple exit strategies. So that's a myth. Um, because you can rent by room, short-term rental, you can do mid-term rentals, you can, you if the lot is big, you can put another structure on there. Um, you can do additions on homes. Like there's I've and all these different exit strategies that I named, I have done personally. Yeah. So um always look at the deal with multiple exit strategies and through the lens of okay, what if it doesn't sell as a flip? Second, really know your market. So if you know your market and you're buying right, it doesn't matter what the market's doing. It doesn't matter where interest rates are. It doesn't matter what the rehab budget is. It does matter what the rehab budget is, but it doesn't matter that you went over your rehab budget by 5%. Now, I personally don't buy any deals unless there's a six-figure profit going into the deal. Like I won't touch it. From there, I'm like, okay, it says I can make 100K on paper. If I screw it up, I'll make 50. <laughs> but how can I make 200K? Oh, wow. What are the improvements I need to make to this house to get top dollar for it? Let me tell you, the last three years, every flip that I've done, my minimum profit has been 130 to 150K. Awesome. I have not done a single deal where the profit is less than that because it's just not worth my time. And how many how many flips is is in that time period? Have you hit those? Ah, uh, I've done. I want to say maybe ten or twelve. Yeah, yeah. What, what what has the market done to your your process? Because I mean, it's happening to be extremely flexible. Um, you know, it's um like this year going in. I'm like, I don't know where interest rates are going to be, so I'm just going to bulletproof my existing portfolio. So what I did was I took my rentals and I said, okay, how can I increase cash flow here, cash flow here, cash flow here? Let me go add an event space to this building. Did that. Let me go convert this. I have a triplex. I'm like, what if I just took the center unit and made it an Airbnb? I did that. Increase my rents like double. And so like just looking at it and seeing, okay, what else can I do with this? Or let me go build another unit in this property, Right. So I don't have to go buy more real estate. I can hold on to the existing right. real estate, yeah, yeah. use my own funds or raise funds to improve it. But also this year, when the interest rates were at its max, I was able to sell both my flips for way above the suggested ARV. Um, on one flip, they said ARV was 995 and I sold it for 1.1. 1. 1. 
Now, how did I do that? Because I really fixed up the property. I fixed it up real nice. Like the rehab budget that was assigned to this property going in was 125K from the wholesaler. I ended up spending 175K. So I spent an additional 50K. But then at the end of it, I ended up making more money and I ended up walking away with $137,000 profit. Same for another property. We went in thinking, okay, ARV is 1.2. There's nothing in that area that sold for more than 1.2 plus interest rates are so high. Like maybe we should even be 1150. And I was like, no, this house is fully permitted, huge square footage. I know the product as it stands. I know what we did to it. I know my quality of finishes are not cheap. I know my quality of construction is beautiful. So I'm actually going to list it at the very high and we'll see what happens. So listed for 1.28. So 1.15 was a suggested, went up to 1.28, sold it for 1.24 in a week. I was very happy. So it just, you know, if you, and it honestly doesn't come that kind of confidence and expertise doesn't come right off the bat. I have done close to a hundred flips at this point, And I kind of know the process and the mentality of a buyer versus a seller and how not to be um, like a desperate seller. So if you go in and you have all these different metrics in the foundation, right, then you can actually go in and make some ballsy moves. Uh, Yeah, no, that is a I feel like a desperate seller right now. So I would love more advice on how to not come across as a desperate seller. I got 10 houses sitting on the market. You have 10 houses sitting on the market? Yeah. Well, I have I have four that have been sitting for a, a while. I've got another three that will list this week that are in similar neighborhoods at similar price points. And and then we've got we've got three that are that are under construction. So I've got I've got ten flips that I need to sell. Uh, that I'm nervous I'm not going to be able to sell because the four that I've had listed have been sitting, and then the the other three I'm about to bring online are comparable to the ones that have been sitting. So they're going to act as negative comps to your existing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, are you okay breaking even on these? I mean. <clears throat> I'd prefer not to, um, just because, I mean, I mean, if I have to, I will obviously. Yeah. I mean, I would say like you, the way to, the way to really come out on top is by providing above market quality at under market pricing. Yeah. And if you can do that, then you're going to automatically create good comps for the bad comps. So if you can, the the three that are coming on right now, can you under market, like, can you put it, price it under market value? Yeah. Do you guys have the concept of bidding wars over there? We, in 2021, we did. I mean, we don't don't today. Do you have a lot of competition in that market right now? Uh, It's the, the inventory is creeping up. I mean, I mean, I got, I got a house, I got a house that we listed three months ago at 525. It's sitting on the market right now at 425. Whoa. Can you go speak to a lender and say, I have 10 houses. Can you provide financing on all 10 at the lowest conventional price possible and offer that to buyers as, Hey, 
this house comes pre-approved with a loan and you can assume this loan. Oh, nice. And this could be cheaper than any loan you can find outside. Go find a lender that will give you like, you know, closing credits. That will give you percentage points down to go finance with them. Because if you're hurting as a seller, then lenders are hurting as lenders, right? They're going to, you're going to find a desperate lender too, that is going to be okay, not making as much cash just to be able to lend on the 10 homes. Like you have volume to your advantage. So use that. Yeah, absolutely. And then go look at each of these homes in, you know, different lenses and see like, what can your exit strategy morph into? Short-term rentals, mid-term rentals. What does that area need? What what area specifically is this? This is, I mean, this is Baton Rouge and between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Okay. I mean, the, the houses are anywhere from uh, three hundred to four hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. Which, which which are really big, nice houses in South Louisiana. I know that would be like a crack shack in Seattle, but that's like yeah. that's like that's like a three thousand square foot house in a nice neighborhood here. Man, amazing. With a big yard. Well, like you know, it's yeah. Yeah, that that's the that's the top of the market here. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and all all neighborhoods are different. Um, but if you can price them below market and see if you can get like people to go bid it and go crazy and or at least bring them through the door then you yeah, have yeah. so price it to sell it yeah I, I am i am it's just, it's painful uh, <laughs> it, is, it is very painful but you know the the whole thing about real estate is there's a lot of up there are lots of ups and downs and this may not be your year but imagine the experiences you get from this and what you can convert that into next year so right don't get discouraged, but at the same time, take these learnings and know that you now have a skill that not many people have and that you can, if you can ride the down wave, then you can definitely get to the top wave. Yeah, absolutely. So staying alive till 25. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. So where do you find your investors? Um. So I host a networking meetup. Mm -hmm. And so I, and the main goal for the networking meetup is to get people together in a room um, to be able to solve their problems. So we have amazing investors that show up, you know, people that are really doing the work and people that are uh, out and about finding deals, doing deals. And one way to attract that kind of crowd is by having amazing speakers. So I find the best of the best speakers and I bring them and I interview them and go really dig deep into their business. And by doing that, what we can offer to these investors is a, a very in-depth perspective into what it takes to find a deal, flip a deal, you know, talk about seller financing, talk about mindset, talk about wholesaling properties, talk about selling deals, talk about buying deals, talk about how to fix up the deals. Like we offer so many different topics and just, you know, make it really interesting to a listener. Awesome. And how did you get hooked up with bigger pockets? 
Um, I attended a mastermind that uh, Brandon Turner hosted with my friend Tal Yarber. And it was a pretty exclusive mastermind where you had to be invited to join. And because I was uh, a local Seattle investor, Tarl invited me to join this. And that was my first time I even met Brandon. And he invited me to go on the Bigger Pockets podcast. So I became um, part of the podcast series. Nice. And then um, as I just started doing more and more work and on, on social media and just on Bigger Pockets, I think BP kind of saw me as someone valuable doing big things. Um, and so then I got invited to speak at the Rookie Conference and the crowd loved me. <laughs> and so, um, and then things just, you know, like I kept getting more opportunities to be on the YouTube channel and to contribute more. And it's pretty much what happened. So what's next for you? Um, I'm going to continue doing deals, doing deals that I love. Um, I'm going to continue to learn. Like the Dadu construction for me is a brand new venture. Like I've never done anything like this before. So if it works, then I'll do more. Um, but I think it all starts with finding that deal. So what's next is I'm going to just, you know, continue to find those amazing deals and add to my portfolio. Um and continue to educate. So nothing new, just same old. Awesome. So yeah. what advice do you have for somebody who's like looking to just get started? Just get started. Yeah. <laughs> just get That's started. Great. That's great advice. No, it's, uh, like, it's like you, Nike, just do it. <laughs> just do it. And then the thing is, like you can you can hear as many podcasts as you want, read as many books as you want, but the until you actually do it, you don't know if you have the metal to do it. Yeah. And like, look at you, right? Like, you're like, oh my God, like, what do I do with my portfolio? What is that going to do to you? It's going to make you that much. It's going to add an armor to your being yeah. that next year when you have other deals that you have to go tackle, then you know what to do. But someone that never took that step is not going to understand that. They're not going to live in the, you know, be in your shoes. They're not going to, well, another, another, like, so I host a meetup as well. And I was at the meetup last night. It's, it just happened to be last night. And, you know, some newbies are always kind of like asking, like, well, where do we get started? And so like where I get hung up sometimes responding to that question is like, I have 80 rental properties in South Louisiana that like, you know, I, when I started buying rental properties in 2018, I just started burning them and just, you know, that's how I built up my rental portfolio. Yeah. But like, they all made sense because they've got like three and three quarters or 4.25 dead on them. Right. Like when I was doing that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would just, I would buy them cash, you know, hurry up and refinance them with a small local bank, get like five stacked up with a small local bank and the small local banks like, okay, well, we got enough here, go sell some or something. And so then I'd call like Aloha Capital and they'd refinance into a big, you know, portfolio loan yeah. on a 30 year AM. And so I would just do that. And I, and I, I that was my process until the interest rates skyrocketed so and and and, and the, so not only did my burrs not work anymore but uh, you know we're we're kind of having trouble with selling the flips as well so it's like how do i how do i responsibly respond to these newbies because like i got beat up a lot this year but like i had the i had the financial foundation to take the abuse Whereas right. some, you know what I mean? I'll just, oh, I'll just sell off some rental properties. You know, yeah. I'll pull it from here. Like these newbies that, 
you know what I mean? Like they they don't have the 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 financial foundation to screw up as much as I do. So it's like, what advice yeah. do you give to them? I always say go mentor someone that's crushing it in your area. And the way to do that is find the money, you know, talk to an uncle or fundraise or like, you know, start a YouTube channel, start an Instagram page, start adding value and get, you know, find a following that will actually follow you and trust you enough to maybe finance your next deal, right? So if you come with no money, learn to create that money passively or wholesale deals or become a real estate broker. These don't take much capital to get started at all. So there's so many different avenues to just get started. Then if you do actually have the money and have no experience, then go find a sterling in your in your city and go shadow sterling or you know someone like sterling and understand how they are reviewing deals how they are closing on deals how they are fixing it up and how they are selling it and if you go through that life cycle with someone then suddenly you have that experience without having to without having to take on that risk Good. and how do you get those mentors to mentor you is you either fund them their down payment in the next flip or find the money somewhere else or find the deal for them or just do the work and don't expect anything like just like i have a guy that constantly hits me up he's like hey how can i help you can i take photos can i go to the property for you can i talk to your contractors can i project manage doesn't want anything in return doesn't expect anything in return all he's wanting to do is learn mm-hmm. so there's so many ways that you can get plugged into the circuit absolutely and i think people uh, what i find a lot of times is newbies are shy and they don't want to bother people right but yeah. but what I, the the funny thing about that is is most of the older investors that i've met that have like been around the block they they would love to sit there and pour yeah. into some young kid that's just getting started like there's nothing they'd rather do with their time like that's where that's where i learned a lot like is just like when i first started buying like just, just meeting, a, I'd like look on realtor.com and I'd like some of the, and I'd find, like, you know, multi duplexes I wanted to buy and I'd reach out directly to the owner. And it's like some old man who's been collecting units for 60 years and 1031 of them. And then he ended up after just talking to him and getting to know him, he ended up seller financing me like 30 units at like nothing down. You know what I mean? Exactly. So seller finance is huge right now. That's a great, great way to get started is just go find seller finance deals because you are a, you know, um, you're providing value to the seller, right? You're yeah. paying him. His it was market. his idea. That's so people, that's another, that's another thing. People don't want to bring like newbies and stuff. They don't want to bring up seller financing because they they think it's an imposition they think they're asking for it but in this circumstance this guy like like i said he was in his 70s he had been 1031 properties for 30 40 years you know what i mean and so if he sold all those properties outright he was going to have an enormous tax liability that he didn't want so he seller financed them and now he just takes a little bit of the hit each year another thing is he didn't have anything to do with the money if I paid it, you know, so he's happy to to be getting the 6% that I'd locked in, you know. You have no idea how many people are in that position right now because people had such a low interest rate for so long and they've 
mostly paid off that that debt that they are now in that position to offer that to people. And most people don't need the money. They'd rather get paid on a monthly basis than get paid one chunk at, at a time because they don't have the bandwidth to go to a 1031 or like, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I would say explore that. That's a great way to get started. Awesome. Any, and go any, follow Cody Davis. He is like Cody? the master of seller financing. Cody Davis. Cody Davis. Yeah. Cody doing Cody things. That's his uh-huh. IG. I'll I'll check him out. I hadn't heard of him. I'll, I'll, uh... I interviewed him um, at my meetup last month. So that video should be up on my YouTube channel too. So awesome. Well, if, yeah. uh, I would, I'd love an introduction if you think he'd be a great podcast guest. He would be amazing. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. So let's hop to our radio round. It's just three quick okay. questions to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So the first one is what's your favorite book? Um, I say, I I always say this, if you're just getting started in real estate, uh, the book on rental property investing by Brandon Turner has been one of my favorites. Um, a lot of people say rich dad, poor dad, but this is a book that really teaches you on how to hold your rentals. Yeah. So whenever friends reach out and ask like, Hey, I want to get started in real estate investing. Where do I start? I'll tell them, you know, I'll, I'll send them a, a copy of both books. I'll, I'll send them. Well, I'll send, I'll, I'll say, start. I was said, read rich dad, poor dad, yeah. then read um, Gary Keller's millionaire real estate investor, and then read Brandon Turner's book on rental property investing. All three great books, great books. I, I, that's, that's like the, the starter kit, you know, I was like, call me when exactly. you're done with those three and I'll give you three more. Yeah, exactly. What's your, uh, what's your favorite quote? You know, it is actually very relevant to what we were talking today, especially just getting started and doing it. It's a quote by MLK Jr. And it says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. walk. And if you can't walk, then crawl. crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. And it's one of my my, life principles, too. That's great. Yeah. You know, I I, uh, I shared that on Facebook not too long ago. That 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 is that quote. Um, awesome. What's your favorite thing to do when you're not working? Traveling the world. I like, <laughs> Where do you like to travel? To far off countries and um, disconnecting from work. Awesome. How can our listeners get in touch with you, learn from you, connect with you? Um. Yeah. So I am pretty active on LinkedIn and Instagram. And you can find me just by Googling me, Leka Devta. And um, yeah, and reach out to me. I'm happy to always happy to help. Awesome, Leka. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I learned a ton and I got a, I've got a list of actionable items that I'm going to go do to my portfolio when we leave. And I'm sure our listeners got a ton of value too. So thank you again. Awesome. For I'm so glad. Thank you. I, I really look forward to keeping up with you in your journey. Thank you, Sterling. Same here. And good luck with all those listings. Tell me how it goes. (laughs) Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Crestworth Capital. If you're a busy professional and ready to make passive income from real estate investing, then go to CrestworthCapital.com where you'll be able to download a free copy of our ebook to help you get started today. Until next week, happy investing.